Welcome to the Mid-Market CFO Circle podcast powered by High Radius. I'm Madhurima Gupta, your host, and today I have with me a very special guest. And before I go on and introduce the guest to all of you, I want to talk a little bit about the topic of our podcast today. So we're going to talk about how the roles of uh, finance leaders have been uh, transforming, changing in media and entertainment industry. And given that this industry is really complex and fluid, um, it, it is really important to stay at the top of the game for every individual at such companies and finance leaders are no different. The internet, digital technology have enabled new creative possibilities, economies of scale and entirely new ways to consume media. And the pace at, uh, the pace at which the change has been, has, it has actually been relentless. So this shift, these shifts are why six out of 10 CFO reports that, de- that the demand of their role have increased since the onset of the pandemic, making real-time forecasting and predictive analytics more uh, important today and even though and even more a necessity. So on that particular pre-notion, I'd like to go ahead and introduce Laurie. Uh, Laurie has over 30 years of experience in corporate and public accounting that spans across big four public accounting firms, the Securities and the Exchange Commission and other Fortune 500 companies in media and technology and hospitality industries. She joined Discovery in June 2019. Discovery uh, is where Laurie is currently working as Chief Accounting Officer. Laurie, you have decades of experience across multiple industries and you've spent significant part of the last decade working in media and entertainment industry. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey? Yes, um, I started, um, I went to Penn State and then I started in public accounting at Deloitte and um, I went to the Securities and Exchange Commission, which was a great training ground for complex transactions. And then I went to um, AOL and AOL was acquired by Time Warner. So it's kind of like a coming home with the acquisition of Warner Media. Um, Cause I worked there for 10 years and that was such an exciting time with the uh, growth of the internet essentially at that point in time. Um, and obviously having being combined with Time Warner and all their various types of media was very interesting. Now, since that time, I left there in 2009, um, there's been a significant changes in the media industry as we've all seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did, I did a couple stints in um, technology and hospitality working at Hilton. And then I found my way back to media with Gannett um, and I worked there for five years. Um, Gannett split into two entities, um, a spinoff and um, it was uh, that was the newspaper industry, which has gone significant changes as well. Um, so that was very interesting. And then when I came to Discovery, um, we we have been going through significant changes with the um, the internet and streaming, etc. So it's um, media is just exciting. Um, but one thing we all know is that consumption of in you know materials, media, news, entertainment is never going to die. So it's just a matter of how it's being consumed and what are the different trends and then how, from my perspective, is how do you account for it and how do you think about that and help the business, um, you know, with all the numbers and the data that they need to make the appropriate decisions they need to make. So it's always a very exciting time. There's been a lot of um, consolidation in the media industry and that creates a lot of um, interesting challenges as well as interesting work ahead. So. Um, 
just fascinating. And I, I'm blessed to have been working in it for so long. Absolutely. And how are you preparing for the tectonic shifts that are happening in entertainment industry? And how are you dealing with the new merger of Warner Media and Discovery? We'll take one first. Dealing with the new Warner merger is new. We, mer we merged April 8th, um, so it's brand new. Um, we're working very hard on it, bringing the companies together quickly. Um, I just would say that uh, the everybody is full force on learning. Uh, it's imagine it's just very rapid in how we're bringing everything together, but doing it very thoughtfully is what I would say. There's a lot of things to think about and how you integrate and merge. I am more focused on back office clearly um, and thinking through that the technology that we want to use going forward and um, how that best supports the business. But, you know, all around the company, everybody is focused on, you know, what, how both companies have done things in the past, but really what we want to be in the future and how we bring these great brands together to create the best product for our consumers. Um, and, and it's quite fascinating to listen to the conversations and um, that just that creativity that goes with it. In terms of um, systems and technology, um, we continue to evolve with that and they become very important. I mean, with the pandemic and everything, it became even more critical as to how much can we do with it. Become paperless, really. And we really were very successful at that. We immediately moved into the paperless world. Um, a couple of people did ask me for printers, but I'm not really even sure they're using printers anymore. <laughs> um, we were fortunate to have moved on to Google at the time and um, a lot of our we're able to even communicate better for Google. I'm not sure I love Google email, but I mean, I've adapted to it, but there's other products within Google that are wonderful and that you can share spreadsheets and each can input at the same time or do other documents that make life um, a lot easier. But in the overall technology, I think it's really important um, to look at all your systems and what that landscape is and figure out how to become more and more integrated and efficient. And when I say that in legacy discovery, we're an SAP shop and we were 98% um, on one instance of SAP. Now with the merger, they have several ER, uh, legacy Warner Media has several um, legacy ERP systems. And now, you know, our future is how do we combine all that? And that really creates the efficiencies that you want to get to have the, um, the numbers flow in the most efficient manner and how your your backend processes work in the most efficient manner because what we really want to be able to do is take that data and quickly provide it to our business to analyze it and figure out how we can make the best decisions for the company. So uh, we are constantly looking at ways to figure out how to become more automated and more, more nimble and how do we bring that data out of the system, look at it analytically so we can make the best decisions for the company. And what is the top priority for you for the rest of this year in order to automate the functions and enhance efficiency of operations? Well, when you have a merger such as ours that is so large, um, we, are, we, have we have embarked on that long journey. <laughs> so it is a priority for the rest of the year, but let me emphasize it's a long journey to um, align all the systems and integrate and go into one system and 
it will it's it's a huge project um a very thoughtful plan that embarks on that and and how do you take various parts of that plan and move certain things quicker than other parts and that's referring to the erp systems but there's also a broader perspective of all the um other systems that integrate or how it keeps the business running and we need to look at all systems and go this is the path forward um, and the way we, you know, which system do we want to land on so that we don't have all these disparate systems. So um, systems are very much a top priority for the end of the year, um, for the end of the year, but it's also a top priority for our journey over the next several years. Um, I would also say that just integrating and bringing teams together is critical and creating that um, corporate culture of one team is critical in any merger. And that takes a lot of work as well, because um, you know, in order to do that effectively, I think you need to learn the teams and um, really, really spend time with the teams in order to bring that, that culture together and, and set that tone. And it really takes the leaders all the way down from your CEO um, to every leader to bring the teams together and really feel like you're operating as one team. And so that's a really a high priority for me because I think um, the more that um, we communicate with our teams and, and you know, communication's always key, um, the more that we can help bring that culture together and how we work together and what our priorities are and, and what our corporate values are which is very critical and important. And uh, Laurie, you joined Discovery in 2019 um, and, uh, you know, right after that pandemic hit. So uh, how has your um, role's expectations changed before and post pandemic? I mean, I'm not quite sure if you are post pandemic yet, but uh, in the sense that if we are, then how are these, uh, how has your role changed? Well, I would say that um, we adapted really well to the pandemic and working remotely at the time. But, you know, ultimately it is a big shift for your team. Um, and how do you communicate? How do you make those communications effective? And it's sort of just coming back into the office and making sure that you make that time purposeful and effective as well. So before the pandemic, everybody was coming to the office every day. And, you know, it's the way corporate America worked for years and years and years, right? It would, and if we think back on the pandemic, it almost happened like overnight. And all of a sudden companies made the decision and you weren't coming back to the office on Monday. We, we really did quickly adapt. We just, um, we started communicating uh, all the way down from our CEO, everybody down created um, more communications, which actually, and we were, we were a Zoom shop and Zoom was wonderful because you could see everybody's faces on Zoom. And I think actually in some ways it brought us closer together, but it also gave us the confidence that we can work a little differently in the future. So once you come out of that pandemic, um, and I, as you said, we're maybe not quite out of it completely, but we are back at work, right? I do think, and I believe very strongly that, that it's really important to have people in the office and have that connection, that face-to-face um, -face connection, to have those chats by, you know, in the kitchen or, or just have those drive-bys so that you can develop um, your team members and that corporate culture even more. But we all have to adjust to what three days in the office means and two days at home. What does hybrid mean? Mm -hmm. Because your whole team isn't gonna be in the office necessarily on the same day 
or your other teams that you develop relationships with are not going to be in the office on the same day. So I do think it requires maybe a little bit more planning to be purposeful mm-hmm. and because I think that time is so valuable you know, when you're in person and you have those connections and really make those valuable times. I also think the ability to work remotely um, and have this more flexibility is a gift. And Mm -hmm. maybe from having worked so many years in the office every single day, I just think it's a total gift. And I think that the fact that companies around the world can make this work is amazing. And it gives, as an individual who wants work-life balance, it gives us that ability to maybe better manage everything in our personal lives and our work life, and also keep those creative juices flowing in a way that um, really, at the end of the day, is going to help everyone. So, I think it's pretty incredible that the world, and I, I really do say the world globally, we've we've adapted to this hybrid work environment. And how are your teams taking return to office policies? I mean, are they able to adjust well or is it again a change like it was when we started working from home? Well, change is always a change, right? (laughs) um, um, You know, whenever you manage a team, changes um, takes time. That's all I'll say. I I think you have to lead a team for change and encourage um, them along the way. So, we get we as people get adjusted to how we work and then when change happens it makes us uneasy it's just human nature it makes you uneasy as leaders we have to help encourage and and um really encourage them that the change is fine and it's actually better for you you know i think um the pandemic and giving companies confidence that people can get their work done anywhere was just huge and that it was a game changer. And companies will never go back to thinking they can't get their work done anywhere. Mm-hmm. But but are we better as a hybrid where you're in the office, say three, two or three days a week and you're working at home? And I think that it is better, but having people coming back in the office is a change for them. They were used to their lifestyles for what two years and now they have to go, oh, I got a plan to that drive to the office. I've got a plan for the drive home. Got to figure out how I used to do dinner when I wasn't at home, like during the day. And, you know, there's just so many things you have to think about. And and that challenges a human being. It challenges all of us to figure out how we change. But once you change, you adapt. And I just see, um, I see people in the office and they're really, really happy to see each other. Totally. It, I, I totally agree with that. It's just so good to sit in the same bay and uh, speak with your colleagues in, in you know not having those many meetings anymore honestly because otherwise every water cooler conversation probably also becomes a meeting on your calendar yeah so it's incredible but as you said um as leaders you have to lead the team for change you have to encourage them and say that one-on-one connection is mm-hmm. truly important to your development as a professional so embrace that and i go back and just take the step back and go you know, let's be purposeful. Let's really think about that time in the office. You know, try to connect with your colleagues and go, okay, which days are you going in? Let's try to do it together so that it does become more meaningful. So, uh, Laurie, uh, I want to quote a report here, which is by EY, uh, that talks about uh, how media and entertainment executives are building resilient businesses and reframing the futures by focusing on key areas. 
And these key areas as per that report is simplification and streamlining operations and functions, innovating business models, protecting and securing enterprises, and reimagining the future of work. Right? So we have discussed all the points uh, that you know match with the report uh, and on, on our conversation so far. So um, how do you think adversity is going to reinvent media and entertainment industry? The media and entertainment industry is going to continue to evolve. I, you know, there's been a lot of consolidation. There could mm -hmm. be more consolidation in the future. Um, we know that the streaming has become huge and how people consume data, whether it's in any part of media has changed over the years and media companies adapt to that. And with that, um, we adapt internally as well. You know, we adapt with our own technology and where we invest resources in how to best able to create media in the right frame and manner for our consumers to consume that media. But we also work in the back end to determine what those metrics are and how to evaluate it. Um, and that's very important with the whole streaming, there are new metrics and you work across your industry and look at the metrics your peers use and you evaluate it too and figure that you know, think through those and it, it's critical in um, the decisions you make on your business. From an accounting perspective, you know, my job is really to get my systems and my people, you know, anytime you make changes in um, accounting, it's always about people, processes and systems and getting those all aligned so that we can be more efficient and nimble and provide data more quickly, um, you know, so that that data accurately and quickly, you know, everything's about accuracy and timeliness, so that that data can be used in a way that helps make decisions timely too. But it's also, you know, you can have data, 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 but you gotta be able to aggregate the data in a way that is useful and meaningful. And that's really um, critical as well. But, you know, when I think about like my remit, it really is to get these systems and these processes more and more efficient and even possibly do those in locations where it can even be with less cost so that we can um, aggregate that data and really be using our talent, the great talent that we have in our workforce to analyze it and help make us make the best decisions possible. And um, I, as I said, media is an amazing industry and, you know, our brands are just incredible and, um, you know, it, it and getting that, figuring out, you know, what media people really want and getting them to and getting that, I mean, or what brands and content people want and getting that out to them in a quality manner is just, um, just an amazing opportunity for us. And how has, uh, I mean, in general, pandemic has given, given streaming companies an opportunity to increase their subscribers, their monthly active users, right? Mm -hmm. um, so how has it been for you? And uh, what, are the, uh, what are the measures that you're taking to, you know, to cater to the changes that are coming now? Because there are people going to, who are going to return to office, there is uh, suspected uh, recession, inflation is already there. So what steps are you taking to cater and, uh, you know, overcome these challenges? Yeah, well, we stay on top of all of our trends and we evaluate it to see how the media is being consumed. So 
change, going back to the office, it could could impact how media is being consumed. But once again, um, when you're on streaming, you can stream on your phone, <laughs> and maybe you can watch you can watch that show you wanted to watch while you're riding the metro into the office, right? Um, you can listen to many things um, in the car as well. So you know, I, one thing I always remember when I'm through the years, I remember rushing home because I wanted to see a TV show. At the time, I think it was 90210. And it was only on like like one night a week, uh, eight o'clock. You know, today you don't have to do that, right? Isn't that pretty amazing? I mean, you, you just go, okay, I worked at this hour and I get to watch it here. So I, I'm not really sure how going back to the office is gonna hurt the media industry. I don't, I don't really see it because I just think you watch it at a different time. You know, sometimes for me now, I'll be putting on, I love HDTV, one of our brands, and I'll be watching the shows and I have two screens and I'll just put on HDTV in the evening while I'm sort of when I'm going through and reviewing some things and I have it on the background and um, and then I pause every once in a while. There's certain parts of each show I love and then I'll, I'll just stop working and watch it. But, you know, you just I think you have more flexibility in how you consume. So mm -hmm. I think that's incredible. So I. I don't know. Me personally, I don't plan to give anything up. <laughs> Just because. <Okay. laughs> but, anyways, um, you know, I do think that with the possible recession coming and with inflation, that impacts everything. And there is a concern out there. Will consumers make choices um, which streaming they want to have, right? And um, and will that impact you know what they pay, right? Because uh, as you have less consumable income, because we're paying more, gosh, just filling up my car the other day was kind of shocking. But um, as you pay more for gas and um, food, obviously there's less to spend other places. We're going to have to watch that. Um, but are people going to pay for their streaming, which I think is actually a great bargain, to be quite frank? Or are they going to go to the movies less or are they going to give up something else? I don't. You know, I don't know, but I also think it's very expensive to go to a basketball game, a baseball game. I was looking at all these trends of over the years mm -hmm. and how much more expensive it is. I think taking vacations right now is more expensive. Um, just getting there, the plane costs are up. So um, it will be interesting to see how consumers um, react in the recession, but I could see a strong need for um, for keeping a streaming service because it, to me it's an inexpensive way to have entertainment. I actually do agree with that personally as well. Right. Yeah. So um, you know we did slightly talk about uh, you know how it is how important it is to make the right kind of investment to manage your data uh, and use it uh, you know to do the right kind of analytics and then leverage it for making the right kind of decisions. So uh, according to you, how important it is. Um, to have real-time forecasting, predictive analytics, use of AI capabilities to accelerate the intelligence at CFO's office. Yeah, I would say that um, it's interesting out there. It takes time to get to where you want to be in technology. And um, once again, I, I do believe that more predictive forecasting is better. And, um, you know, our our teams are pretty, our finance teams are pretty amazing at being able to predict and forecast, especially cash flow and, you know, our metrics. Um, it, they're actually pretty incredible at that. You know, we can all continue to get better uh, with our software capabilities and what 
and um, enhancements. I will say, you know, it's interesting when you implement new tools, you know, it's all about getting, determining what your metrics are, but really there's requirement building and getting that right so that it becomes effective and you get things pretty timely. Um, I think it's all pretty amazing, but it's a lot of work, I will tell anyone, to get it right because the requirements are critical. And um, I'll even go back to um, robotics to a degree. You can set up robotics and get things more efficient, but but they have to be so precise on the requirements that if anything changes, then every something gets off, which doesn't mean you don't do it. You, of course, should still do it. But, you know, when you embrace on these things, and it's really important to embrace them because technology is amazing. You just really have to go into it with the with the knowledge that you have to do it in a granular fashion and really focus on what those requirements are so that you can build it so that the product is good and you can rely on it. And um, that's really important. Um, I can't emphasize that enough. Don't take shortcuts on this stuff. Um, really work on it to make it right because the end results are pretty amazing when you um, do spend the time to get it done right up front but but then you also have to have uh the people and tools when things you know change or you know something changes along the way that you can update those requirements or update code or whatever you need to do along the way so that the end result the numbers are good and you can rely on them technology is amazing i i i can't wait for the day that we have real time everything everything is like every day you can see what numbers are so, i mean that's such a future all the way a long time for now but um it would be really cool if you could have daily closes in a way that are automated not that require people to do it but um that's my dreamland perfect so thank you for sharing your opinions on cfo circle podcast today really appreciate your time laurie uh, and i hope that uh, the coming years help you streamline processes and systems at Warner Bros and Discovery. My best wishes for you and for our listeners out there. I hope this was an interesting conversation that you enjoyed with Laurie. Please feel free to connect with her on LinkedIn. And if you want to go ahead and look at more episodes by CFO Circle Podcast, check out www.highradius.com slash radius one slash CFO Circle. Have a great rest of your day ahead. And thank you, Laurie, once again for being on the show.